Noiros got the uh in there, right? Mm-hmm. Usually you don't have to worry about getting us from me, but <laughs> I'm gonna be you watching from now on. I'm gonna be extra extra attentive. Uh oh. If that's a uh a swear jar we use, then I'm gonna owe you a lot of quarters. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. Out of the podcast, another edition, our second edition of Tech Noir Color May. We'll get into it, of course, but can't start a show without saying hello to one another. So I see a fancy man. Must be fancy Dan. Hello, sir. Hey there. I like How's that you got, got a nice red hoodie. Zip Thank up. You. Yeah, yeah, changing it up a little bit. Yeah, this is actually one of my you favorite You get rid hoodies. of the strings or did that just happen? Uh, it's actually a long story. Gentlemen, um, Joey here to say, tell us the long story. Because <laughs> this, this is going to be a quick one. Not on purpose, but there's only so much yeah. fury out there. We'll get into it. So th- this is our, our bread and butter here. Please tell us the story of why we have a stringless hoodie. Well, well actually, I say it's a long story, but actually, I, now that I think about it, it's probably not that long of a story. You son of a bitch. <laughs> um, bamp, bamp, make it happen. So when I got this, uh, the first time I washed it, uh, <laughs> it has like white strings and it's, you know, it's a pretty bright red uh, hoodie. Who makes that and, hoodie? And what's that? Who makes that hoodie? What brand take, is that? Take, take a guess. I, I have no idea. Literally the only brand of hoodies I wear, it's American Apparel, but it's American like old, Apparel, okay. old American Apparel, like really yeah. old. I, nice. I, this is like one of the oldest hoodies I still have that I, nice. I mean, I have a lot of theirs, but, um, yeah. So anyway, so I had a white, you know, it has the white uh, strings sure. and the first time I washed it for whatever reason, it actually bled into the, the white. So they it actually oh. like, beca- they became like a weird, like reddish pink, which I like the color pink, but it just looked like bad. Like it didn't yeah. look good. No, clearly so I, they were going for one look, not like, Hey, wash it for our pink look. You know, it's, yeah, it's not ready so, quite yet. Right. So it just, it didn't look right. So I ended up I, normally like I would, I just, and I, I, I just took it out and normally I would try to like rethread it somehow, but I just left it. And it's just, it's just been my unique old. Cause like I said, I've had it for years and it just like, looks my brand comfy, new, whatever. Oh, thank you. I try to take care of it, but At yeah, I've, I've had zoom. it for years. Yeah. But every once in a while, yeah, I like to, I like to break it out. I feel like you don't really see a lot of, of other color hoodies out there, you know? Try to wrap some different colors. That's a good move. I'm I'm pretty much do. I just get like a H and M hoodie and then yeah. just cycle through it like about a year later. You know, maybe I'll maybe I'll get a little adventurous. American Pal are very nice. The, the, these are like the flex fleece ones. Uh, I have I have quite a few of them and they hold up pretty well. Uh, nice. I'm fan, and they're very comfortable. So I almost like want to beat up a hoodie though. You know, like it's gonna be going yeah. through it with me. But I mean, it wouldn't be bad to have one in the arsenal if I'm going to like a wedding or something. A, a, fa- <laughs> a fancy one. I go to Fancy Dan for my fashion tips. You know that. formal Your formal wear. Yeah. You're um, earning your name today, sir. Uh, you know, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you got to earn it, you know. Sometimes we've lied to you, folks. I'm sorry to say, but today. He's That's coming, also true. He's coming in truthful and he's coming in hot. So welcome to the show. Everything I said was truth there. <laughs> We're going to not lie to you this episode. We'll make that promise. I think that yeah. could be a lie too. find out at the end of the show. That's how we get them to keep listening Dan. gotta keep them yeah we do have to keep them and i think we're doing a great job so far uh how's your week good week see anything good that's the things we talk about here yeah um it was an okay week i uh last night since uh you know we normally we don't like to talk about the weather i know but it's just been raining like nonstop recently yeah it's it's a vibe I used to live in Portland at one time in my life Portland Oregon and I had remarked the other day that I was like oh my god this like feels like Portland and I don't often say that yeah, so I I was in I was in last night and I was like I don't know what to watch, and then uh, here we go. I uh, I went on HBO Max and I saw that Forever Purge was up. <laughs> so oh yes, right. I, I watched Forever because it's the only purge I haven't seen, and I will say like 
I enjoy those movies. Like they remind me of like the canon eighties, like dystopian, you know, with a little bit of like a message, you know, yeah. action movies that you could just throw on a, a rainy Saturday night and have a good time. And that's everything I, I wanted. Um, I appreciate, I've never seen any of them, but for what I know, uh, I just appreciate that they have something to say. It seems, you know, which is hard honestly, these days. Yeah. I think you would really like them. I, I think they're all really good in some shape or form. I mean, they're not like, I wouldn't say they're, they're not like, great movies quote unquote in the sense like where you're right. watching like these like masterpieces of cinema but for what they are like i said like they, they do to, to me in spirit they feel like 80s kind of exploitation a little bit of like it's like the dystopian nature of it it, it has more i feel like in common with like those kind of canon 80s movies than anything these mm-hmm. days so i think for that i think you would appreciate it and and usually they're pretty like you're, you're in the moment things are happening and and you're like you're in it you know what i mean yeah. like you don't there's not a lot of lulls where you're just like oh man i wish i wasn't watching this so it definitely <laughs> keeps you in, in it i mean it wasn't the best one by far no but i, I it was better was than it the expected. worst one probably yes but I, not but i wouldn't say it like in a way where like wow that was really the, awful. Le- the least yeah. good yeah yeah but but again that that was you know i've seen the other ones a couple times at least each of the other ones i actually the other ones i saw i saw in theaters most of them so I watched that. And then on the other side of the spectrum, I watched the Linda Ronstadt documentary, which I've been wanting to watch Fantastic. in the worst way. Yeah. And I have watched. Yeah. And, and I learned a lot and, and she's just great. I mean, she, she's, you know, she's awesome. Like her voice is amazing. And just like, she was just so fearless to kind of do what she wanted to do. And uh, I really appreciated that about her. And it's just sad to see, you know, her health is, is not so great. She can't really perform or sing anymore. And that's a bummer, but um, yeah, it was a good doc. I, 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 it's been on my radar for forever. And I almost bought the Blu-ray at one point and I was like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And then finally it went up on, uh, on HBO max, uh, fairly recently. I saw it was up there and I was like, you know what, I'm going to watch it. So yeah, kind of two very drastically different things, but, uh, but a good time. Nice. How about you? Did a little sorcerer this week. Ooh. Okay. As I've been in the freaking zone. Uh, I'll be cruising no, in no time, Dan. As that, ha- as that happens, <laughs> as it does, yeah. Um, and holds up, just so fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. Can't can't ever recommend Sorcerer enough. The Tangerine Dream soundtrack alone will do. And yeah, that's a ten out of ten. And then I went from Sorcerer to Sorcerer Supreme, Dan. I saw the new Doctor Strange, of course. Had to do it to you. So you're in? Were you in the multiverse then, or what? I managed to stay in my own universe of madness. But okay. I, I went alone for the journey. Okay. And how was that? It's great. Get high. Go see it in 3D. Can't recommend <laughs> it enough. Went over to Cherry Hill and rocked that AMC parking lot. And it was it great. Go. Really, my biggest compliment I can give to it is it actually felt like a Sam Raimi film. Okay. Uh, that was that was the biggest worry for me. But he's there. His, his, he's all over it. It's great. Cool. Check it out if you like those sort of things. Was it like four hours like all the other movies are? <laughs> this one was quicker for sure. But it was, a, it was a lean to it, two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure. Like I said, high as fuck, enjoying the 3D. <laughs> so I can't tell you how the runtime on that bad boy. But, you know, just let yourself go and enjoy the journey. Good colors and good horror stuff for a comic movie. Now I want to know uh, what you got. The running time of that. Perfect Bruce Campbell cameo. I don't think that's spoiling it by saying Sam Raimi directed it. That's good. Yeah. 126 you- minutes. Look at that. Look how speedy that is. <laughs> yeah. Have you still, have you done the Batman yet? Uh, did we talk about that? We haven't talked about that, have we? I, I don't think we did. No, I, I did see it. Yeah, I watched it. Um, 
when did I watch it? Uh, it was like weeks ago when you said you were going to, and then yeah, I didn't you know what? Yeah, up. you know what? I think I I did I watched it last weekend. Okay, but we didn't talk about it. Um, it, was a, it was a crazy weekend. I could see how this happened. Yeah, it, it, that was a weird week. I I really liked it. I really oh, enjoyed good. it. Um, yes, it was very long. Do I think they could have split it up maybe into two movies? Probably pretty easily. Oh yeah, um, really. I, th- I think so. Like they probably could have split it up, maybe added a little bit more to get a second movie. Like there was a point about like the two fifteen mark, two hours and 15 minutes where I feel like. <laughs> Listen to you right now. Listen to the words coming out of your mouth. Yeah, it was around the two hour and 15 mark that I'm like, you know, maybe this is a little long. We could split this up. <laughs> well, I'm just, I, I'm saying objectively as I understand that that's, that's the joke that, that all the super movies are going longer, longer these days. So I'm saying like, realistically, there was a point where I was literally like, they could easily have stopped it here. And and said, okay, we're gonna leave it open for the next movie. Like, See, I, I have that, but it's not leave it open. It's more just stop it here. I, the whole third act, right. I, you get rid of, you're fine. That was right. where you you started. Like, okay, this is a bit too much. I appreciated the 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 take on Batman. Like the he's not fully like kind of developed yet. You're, you're into too. like yeah, yeah. In, into who he is, and I like that it was more of a detective story. Yes, you know, I I, I like I like that element a lot more. Um, yeah, that's my I, I, favorite I kind it. of Batman, like in, right. in comics and the animated series. I, you know, he's the Dark Knight detective, you know, that's it's detective like, comics, detective <laughs> comics. Exactly. So yeah. like it, it, it was very fun to finally get that version. No, it was, it was, yeah. it was a good time. I, I, I enjoyed I, it. I'm glad I'm glad I watched it at home. I think yes. that's what it was. I'm glad I was able to watch it at home. When I watched it with my roommates to, to uh, with, on HBO Max when it debuted, and it was very rainy night, which was perfect for it. it I, that was my most uh, enjoyable time. It was the third time seeing it, and I was like, this is the one. So I, I definitely get that. It does rain the entire movie, pretty much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it was this weekend. Yes. You know, in a movie, it was perfect. But um, yeah, I don't know, that, that was about it. Uh, just a long <laughs> week, but made yes. it through. Started oh I started diving into Night Gallery. Oh okay, how's that? Good, great. Oh. Uh, Joan Crawford in the in the first episode, directed very by good. Steven Spielberg. Okay, that's very cool. <laughs> early that, Spielberg, very early Spielberg. Well, you know, wasn't quite there yet. Yeah. I definitely would say it's probably the weakest of the three stories in the pilot, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's good. It's a good time so far. Roddy McDowell was really fun in the pilot. The first he was the first story, and he's just like he was such an asshole in it. It was delightful. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. Night Gallery. Season two coming soon. So I'm trying to make my way through this. So I'm ready for two. Cool. That, that, that one seems to be a meteor collection, too. That's good. Always want more. Give me more <laughs> of anything. I'm a greedy man. <laughs> Speaking of greed, huh? Should we take this segue? I think, I think it couldn't be any better. I think we're out of gas in the uh, tank otherwise. Episode 71. Having some fun. Two men wanted her love, Dan. The third wanted her life. Desert Fury, released August 15th, 1947 from Paramount Pictures, directed by our old friend Lewis Allen. We'll get into it. Mm -hmm. Produced by Hal B. Wallace, based on the novel Desert Town by Bromona Stewart, adapted for the screen by Robert Rosen, with an uncredited contribution from A.I. Bezzaretti's. We like him, too. He's been around. Uh, Welcome to the show. Welcome to Tech Noir Color May. Some more. Round two, a second helping. Mm-hmm. I have to uh, say that before we get started, there's just something about this movie. I don't know what it is that I just love. I don't know what it is. I can't. It's not tangible to me. 
I mean, I there are tangible is. things. There are yeah, tangible yeah. things I like about this movie, but there's just something about this movie that I just really like. When did you first see this one, Dan? Oh man, um, definitely a few years ago. I mean, as we've talked about, I am a huge Elizabeth Scott fan, so that was why I saw it. And then obviously, like Burt Lancaster's in it, Mary Astor's in it. Uh, you know, it's in color, which always fascinates me. So like, it's got the West, a little bit of the Western influence. I mean, it had all these things kind of going for it. So I was like, I need to see this. And I, and I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, wow. Like, just like when the first time you see this, you're just like, this, this is just, it's it almost seems surreal uh, watching it. But well, yeah, gentlemen, I, Joey share the same reaction. Let's yes, find out. That's, uh, what I'm, that's what I'm waiting on. That's why I can't wait to, to find out. Yo, I was so stoked though when Mary Astor's name, you know, they do Desert Fury, they show the title and then they're like, here's everybody else. And I saw Mary Astor there because I didn't know she was coming. I try to stay in as blind as possible mm-hmm. if I've never seen it. So I was delighted. And she's just, great in it. To see her here, baby. And you get you get a lot of weird babies. In oh, not, <laughs> lot near, of babies in not nearly enough from her. Um, she's yeah. definitely the star of this picture in my eyes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's get to it. This might be a weird one. I was a little disappointed with the write-ups out there and I didn't have time to really pepper in some more. So please tell me if we gloss by something that you you remember. Yeah, I did notice that. There's not a lot a lot of good write-ups on this. So yeah, I'll not I'll a lot of fun facts to, to help you out. I see this one being a quick one for those reasons, but let's see what we, we can pull off. Eddie Bendix. He's in town, Dan, along with Johnny Ryan, not the comic book artist. Let's <laughs> think of that the whole time. These are some some rough fellas, some gangsters, if you will. They're coming into this small desert town right outside of Reno, Nevada. So there's going to be gambling, Dan. Mm-hmm. And uh, we stop at this bridge. There's this bridge. I'm sure that's not really going to come into play much in this movie at all. That was so funny. As soon as I saw that bridge, I'm like, that's the ending. This bridge. They're just setting it up like we're coming back. You know that, right? Like, you don't just be like, oh, anyways, yeah. here goes this bridge. Yeah, I, I, I knew that was coming, but that's fine. So, yeah, they're coming into town. They're returning because they left because of the bridge. Something happened there. There was an accident. Mm-hmm. We lost someone. It was Mrs. Bendix, mm-hmm. Eddie's wife. She, she died in a car crash. And it was a very whole to do in this small town. I mean. Once we meet our Burt Lancaster, who's the sheriff in this town, you know, he was on the scene of this thing and he remembers it being pretty ugly. You remember a small town crash like that. Well, tell me, he's, I'll say he's the deputy. He's not, De- he's not the sheriff. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Because there's Pat. Pat, Pat is, is a character. He's the, he's the sheriff. You talking about Sheriff Pat Johnson? That's the one. <laughs> Fair enough. So, yeah, we find out that Eddie's been run out of town from Las Vegas and now he's just trying to get back on his feet, figure out his next move. And this small town's easy to do and might be some old friends along the way as well. So he's going to figure out what to do. In the meantime, uh, he also has Wendell Corey as Johnny Ryan. He's very present with him and trying to steer his life in a very specific direction. Very mm-hmm. no nonsense. They've been together for a very long time. A lot of undertones in this movie. Yes. It's it was, a big, big thing throughout the whole movie. Yes. Interesting watching it because you start to pick up on it and you're like, I wonder if anyone else saw this. And th- by the end of it, you're like, there's no way. It's clear as day. So I was yes. not surprised in my research to find these things. And that was all very fascinating as well. So yeah, that, that is a very specific relationship between Eddie Bendix and Johnny Ryan. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, start another relationship. We're in Chuckawalla, Dan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which is a very fun name to say. Uh, fun fact, named after the type of lizard found in the southwestern United States. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a Shoshone Native American word for a flat, dark lizard, which mm-hmm. sums up this town perfectly. 
Uh, is it a flat, dark lizard of a movie? <laughs> I mean, no, it's, it's in Technicolor. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't think so. I'll, I'll, I'll show my hand of this regard so far. Very mm. beautiful looking movie. We were oh, feeling yeah. our Technicolor. There's some set design I'll, I'll get further into as we get to it, but just really earns that Technicolor beauty. You know, like we're not here oh, for yeah. no reason. It's good looking. It adds to it. I think it, it gives it a, a different dimension in this movie. Right. Because there's a lot of movies like, you know, these. I think we, we posed this question in the past, you know, with like a Niagara or something. But like, could this movie be, would it be fine in black and white? Does it take anything away if you take away the color? Right. Our last movie, Bad Day at Black Rock, you could put that in black and white. That's no problem. Yeah, you know it, it. It's great that it's in color, especially with the cinema scope. But you know, not necessarily the story is so solid and and, mm-hmm. and such. But this one, I don't know. You know, it's not a very sh- like it's very filmed for Technicolor. It's not. It's not a very shadowy movie like our film noirs typically are. So mm-hmm. I think it absolutely would be a disservice to remove color from this. Yeah, it's just a film. different. It's, it gives it a weird dynamic in this movie. I think it, it, it definitely, it, it helps, I think, in this movie of, yes. of like what's going on and just the the atmosphere there. I don't know. It's just something about that. I think really just, it adds to it. I think I think it helps. In this yeah, because there's a couple times, a little later in the movie, I'll say like, it definitely drags a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, it doesn't necessarily feel like it. Like you're right. able to just kind of get lost in the, the scenery of it. The beauty. All. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, just do what you got to do. That's you're like, I'm, I'm still okay being here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's time to meet the rest of our characters. Of course, we've got Lisbeth Scott. Welcome mm-hmm. back to the show as Paula. Mm-hmm. Um, she's driving into town. She's just returned to Nevada. 19 years old. I believe they said, right, Dan? Okay. Yes, that's great. 19. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, she's been in and out of finishing schools. So, yeah, she comes back and there's some people in the street who kind of like are very mean to her. Like this town really hasn't accepted her. Mm-hmm. But as we find out, her her mom, Fritzy, who doesn't really get treated like <laughs> they're a mother daughter yes. relationship. It's a very, very odd relationship. Yeah. You know, and, more and sisterly than anything. Sisterly or, you know, maybe even something further. You know, it's, it's yeah. very, very bizarre, but very fascinating. Uh, Mary Astor is our Fritzy. She's fucking phenomenal and the entire thing her just attitude and her, her cadence and yeah. the fact that she says baby a bunch it's so good she really gets this role of fritzy who is uh she owns a, a bar and gambling saloon called the purple See, sage yeah. there's a lot of signs out there you, you can <laughs> get beer and a couple bucks so she runs that she's lived a life you know she's really had to make some hard choices and she wants better for her daughter so much so that she doesn't even really want to acknowledge that she's a mom she's called fritzy the whole time it's never mother or anything like that well she says something like oh she only calls me mother if she wants something right something exactly to that effect yeah yeah but she only does it a couple times in the movie i think very beginning and the very end very very bizarre but she loves her daughter and she just wants what's best for her so now she's back again and the thing about Paula is she loves this town. She really wants to stay here. She loves the desert vibe. She doesn't want to go to these finishing schools. She'd rather, you know, work at the Purple Sage and figure everything out. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the environment that she knows and, and likes and enjoys and understands. But the problem is she has a mother that wants better. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to point out is Fritzy's mansion is maybe oh, yeah. the, the greatest house of all time, Dan. I want to live there so badly. It Just- is. It's like four different houses, like, Pushed together like part, it's like part castle, part like rancher, part yeah. like mansion, cabin, cabin. Yeah, it's 
such a hodgepodge and I'm glad you brought it up. Cause I was, if, if not, I was going to bring it up. Cause I, I felt like you would, because it's, you see it a few times in the movie and you're just like, this is the most bizarre house ever. It's the um, same thing as the gay undertones, Dan. It's like, am yeah. I just noticing this? No, this house is so beautiful. There's no way you can't. And the way they, yes. there's so many shots where it's just framed with Lisbeth Scott or Mary Astor, yeah. circular windows, beautiful outside, like desert mountains. Yeah. There's rainy scenes. That was nice in our rain. We're still talking about the weather. Right. Sorry folks, but uh, yep. beautiful house. I got plenty of fun facts about it when we get into it. Uh, interior decorating tip paint every room a different color that was one thing i noticed too like yes. each room was a different color and it was like yes duh the kitchen is full of plants yeah i mean could do a whole separate podcast on that but i mean <laughs> mary astor and this mansion are like the highlights of the movie and they're some serious highlights so let's see what else we got also here is our deputy sheriff tom hansen killing it our old, our old pal burt lancaster another complaint of the movie wish he was in it more and also like a little higher up but happy to yeah. have him there's no small roles you know you do what you gotta do i think um, he's good for for what he's he's in you know the parts he's in you know like the, like the elements that he's in i, I think he's in a, at least a good amount of time i don't feel like he was like too uh, like too little i feel like having a little bit more of him would have been cool um, i think that in the middle you lose him a lot but yeah yeah i mean i really it's just a complaint about i, I just want more burt lancaster if he can help it you know, I don't know if he could have pulled it as one of the leads. Like, I don't know if that dynamic would have worked as well. Like, so, I mean, he's he's where he should be, but yeah, uh, give me a little more. Like I said, I'm greedy, but he he really loves Lisbeth Scott. He would love to settle down with her and start a Rodeo. Did you yes. hear that, Dan? That was she, a... she, well, she says Rodeo. She says Rodeo. Yes. He says Rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that that might be it right there. That might be the divide between them that of why they have a tough time, you know, you go out on a first date, you give your prospective partner a list of words to say out loud and you take it from there. That's <laughs> yes, <good>. yes, that's <laughs> a good a good test. Yeah, but I, I like their dynamic. I like I like the little like throughout they have like the whole let's meet up and get a Coke and like the little banter. Mm -hmm. And it's a very quiet kind of kind of like love. And, and, and you kind of see it obviously kind of build a little bit towards the very end. But it's maybe very... Dan, maybe we'll get we will get into yeah. that. I don't know if if romantic possibilities are in the cards, you know, that's true. Um, the, I think I'm maybe I'm a little bit more hopeful than you. <laughs> I hope so too, but I have from what yeah, I saw and, and we'll get into, I, I have doubts, but yeah, he, okay. he wants, he got hurt, uh, got bucked off a horse and he's been kind of having a lot of trouble getting back on metaphorically and literally, Yes, but he has dreams of starting up his own rodeo and just figuring out he's fine with staying in town too, you know, like get a so farm, hang two, out. two townies, you know, that's fine if you can find it, but you know, she wants something else, just not him, basically, just not as exciting. So that doesn't seem like it's going to happen at all. Um, she likes him, but, it, it you know, it's, it's very not friendship. Like, it, like, yeah, it's not like right. a stay away from me, you creep. It's just like, no. oh, you, that's not going to happen. But yeah, let's go they, get some Cokes later on. Right. They all, I think they do care for each other in different ways. Like, I think she does care for him, but not as much as he romantically cares for him and wants to be with her. That's that's the divide. Exactly. And also, when you got Eddie Bendix coming into town, uh, he's at the Purple Sage, mm -hmm. rolling dice. Elizabeth Scott wants a piece of this, but she's been forbidden to gamble with her own money. Yes. But he's like, ah, Bendix is like, yeah, that's all right. You can roll my dice. She rolls dice very noticeably in such a way. Right. I don't know, just up high. Yeah, I, I love that. She gets plenty of rolls. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, she's, she's killing it with the rolls. Eddie Bendix, too, is a master dice thrower. And then, you know, along comes Fritzy, 
She's like, hey, you got to go, dude. She knows who Eddie Bendix is. It turns out they actually had a thing at one point. In, he, in New Jersey. In New Jersey, right? Patterson, New Patterson, Jersey. Patterson, New Jersey, yes. Very hard to miss that little detail. You know, scummy people come from New Jersey, Dan. I agree. Hey. <laughs> well, that's, that's North Jersey, so. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Patterson's all right. I've been, I've been through it. Yeah, before. I've been there, too. It's good, a yeah. good movie, too. Jim Jarmusch movie. Shout out to Patterson. Yep. Probably on, what, Amazon Prime or something? Probably. I, I like that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Better than that one he made after that. The zombie one? Ugh. Uh, yeah, I did not. I, I saw both those. I saw actually, Paris and I saw twice in theaters because a friend wanted to go a second time. And then the other one I saw once and I was like, yeah, this is like one of the worst Jim Jarmusch movies I've ever seen. Everything you just, you know, try to defend against. <laughs> You're like, ooh. Yeah. Because I, I, I like his movies. I do. I, I, like, yeah. I like a lot of them. But yeah, that one I just, I just did not get. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> We got you. We finally got you on the record about Patterson, the Jim Jarmusch movie. Um, Actually, I think this has come up in the past, honestly. This sounds familiar. Hmm. So, yes, they've known each other in Jersey and also like the gambling trade, you know, the sleazy end of things. So, yeah, they they had a little fling. Fritzy realized this was no good. So she's like, it doesn't work for me. It's not going to work for you. It would be weird if my daughter dated the same guy I did. But right. (laughs) <laughs> and she ended up marrying a guy who died, the, her, uh, Elizabeth Scott's father, uh, and uh, Bendex worked for him in like the bootlegging okay. uh, industry. So that, that was also the connection too. So it's like she was married to this guy and Bendex was working for him. And then on the side, he was just like, you know, I really like you, blah, blah, blah. And it just like didn't work out, obviously. Um, so now he's like, yeah, I'm going after your daughter, basically. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, because they both are gay, Dan, you know, that's why it didn't work out. Yeah, I mean, that's another part of the story, too. <laughs> also, um, one thing I noticed, too, was which was cool slash fascinating. I don't know about cool, you know, violence is never cool, but just interesting, I guess. Um, the, the slaps are always they stay within their own gender. So a man mm. slaps a man and a woman slaps a woman, you know, you never cross yes. the lines. Yeah, that is that. That's true. Yeah. Which was didn't, interesting. Didn't, didn't think about that, but you're right. So, yeah, Fritzy, she really is like, don't do this. Uh, she goes out to Tom and is like, I know you guys have been having a thing. Why don't you marry her? You marry Elizabeth Scott. I'll get you a ranch. I'm rich. That'll be great. Everybody gets what they want. Let's mm-hmm. go back now and figure this out. Uh, and then Tom's like, oh, uh, hey, Elizabeth Scott, you know, Fritzy's offering me a ranch. You want to go get married right now? Sounds good, right? And she's like, no. Ugh. And she hates that. And Tom's like, yeah, I knew she would not like that we know each other better than that like how dare you i'll get a ranch on my own terms so that goes nowhere (laughs) yeah but then again you think like he kind of had it made though in a way i mean i get it i get like he was kind of being a little bit too proud of saying like oh like i'm not going to just accept all these handouts and so forth so i get that but also like you could have had it made man for what you really wanted he'd have to play it a very specific way though because i mean like You know, there's no way that Paula was ever going to go for that. Like, you'd have to really tailor it in such a lie that you're never right. not being honest. Then and... I inherited all this money from. Yeah. Hey, oh, all of a sudden, everyone's happy about this. So, yeah, yeah, that's no good. And now Paula, she's even madder at her mom. There's a further divide, you know, even though they seem to get over it pretty quickly, too. Yeah. So she's like, don't go see Eddie Bendix. Fuck that guy. And she's like, cool, no problem. And then she totally sneaks out. <laughs> And uh, another thing that was interesting is there's shots on location, beautiful shots, Dan. Mm-hmm. And also you want to speak about rain that all the streets have been like just rained. Yeah. Which was really cool. Yeah. Really, really led to the atmosphere. And we get to see a little bit of that rain too, but 
all these beautiful location shots. Lisbeth Scott riding a horse with Burt Lancaster showing up in her beautiful car, the convertible. I then all of a sudden car. we're on we're on set. We're on a stage. The clouds ain't moving. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a product of the time. You know, what I mean, yeah. I think I think it really is. I, I think mean, it's I, just... I'm sure it was all close up. So I'm sure it's just like right. making sure, you know, Lisbeth Scott looks beautiful and all that. Right. But it was very noticeable, very jarring, you know, especially yes. when it's technicolor. You know, it's a little right. harder to hide these things. But and that's exactly it. That's that's the one that's the instance where it's detracting of, you know, you can it's more glaring with technicolor with those, those, you know, backdrops versus, you know, or organic ones, you know, you, you see that more than black, black, and white, you, can, you, yeah, you can get away with it a little bit sometimes yeah. depending on what it is, but, um, you know, it's harder with color. So now they got to work harder all of a sudden, uh Oh, God forbid. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you get these bother me too much. I mean, no, no, I, I, it's you definitely get noticeable, beautiful but close ups yeah. of Lisbeth Scott just staring right at you. And you're just like, uh, what's what you're on a set? Okay, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, the great green pants that she wears the one at the one point. Love them. All the outfits are so yeah. great. Like, oh, yeah. Just the the whole design of this movie. Without it, the whole thing falls apart. I mean, you know, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy the movie. I'm not, we're, we're getting there. I'll give yeah. my final opinion. But mm-hmm. it really is is a solid glue that elevates it so, right. so, so much further. It, it's, it's just a beautiful looking movie. Right. Belongs here in Tech Noir Color May. You know, even though the crime is like low, it's there. It's there towards the end more, obviously. Right. Um, and they kind of hinted some. Yeah, it's definitely more, a little bit more on the melodrama western side, maybe even. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's there. I don't think we're pushing it. I'm just saying, yeah. don't expect this to be a real hard boiled one. But no, that's fine. The so crime of a crimes of passion. There you love. go. Oh God, the the harshest crimes of all. <laughs> Talk about a life sentence, huh, Dan? Love? Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> happy Mother's Day. So now we see the relationship between Eddie and Paula deepening, and then also the divide between Eddie and Johnny as well. The, the great scene with them just hanging out. Uh, Eddie's got a nice place as well, although it's a total fucking mess. Mm-hmm. These two slobs can't keep it together. Like, you know, Eddie's just chilling, shirtless. Shirtless, yeah. Yeah, and then here comes Elizabeth uh, Scott out of nowhere. And this is when uh, Johnny's like, you know, hey, me and Eddie got a good thing going. Don't think that this is going to last. Me and him have that forever thing. You're temporary. You know, we're going to head to Los Angeles. We're not sticking around here. Right. This is, of course, Paula's. She she seems like she wants to, like, prove him wrong. But she also, like, is getting, like, that things are a little weird. She, she decides to leave. Like, things get very uncomfortable. And she has a yeah. great line where she's like, I came here without being asked. I can leave the same way. Yeah. And there's also there's also the whole scene where like about cleaning up the the house and what was the line? It was like, first thing you know, I'll be out of a job. Don't worry about it, Johnny. I'll say that you get your pension. Yeah. Um, And stuff like like all that kind of interplay. Um, But yeah, you you start to get more of the sense of like she's inserting herself more so like in a love triangle. Like she's more asserting herself in like winning love out Mm -hmm. of 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 eddie more so than just like you got this gangster and his and his associate you know you get there's it's it's starting to blur the line a little bit it's very interesting too because i mean the whole thing is just relationship is so rushed there doesn't seem to be any sort of passion anytime they kiss it's so like quick and passionless you know it's, it's such a peck yeah and also like it almost is like Maybe she's being driven by the fact that her mom is so disapproving of this, you know, and that she's like, I'm going to prove her wrong. How dare you tell me how to live my life? Yeah, is is a, you know, if we're going from a scholarly uh, perspective, then perhaps that's the case. But 
Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a very bizarre triangle. I um, will say this. There, there's a small line that she says very early on after the first time she sees him. And she mentions it to Tom that she thinks he's attractive. That she actually mentions that she lo- that she thinks Eddie is, is attractive. So I, I I get the sense and and the way that she looks at him and with the whole thing with the the dice, like I know that she's attracted to him, and you get that sense in there. His attraction to her, I think it's there, but it's it, it doesn't necessarily translate, like you said, as as like it's not like wow, like you're 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 feeling like this love from yeah. emanating from them. Like you're not feeling that as as an audience member. Well, there's a lot of times where, like, what's happening in the script isn't necessarily what's happening on screen. You right. Know? Like, right. so it is like lines like that happen, but it's just like said without <laughs> like emotion or desire. There, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I get that. Very interesting thing at one point, too, where she's, uh, Elizabeth Scott is walking down the street. She's carrying a bunch of books and uh, trying to figure out the title the whole time. It's like slowly being revealed that it was like, this is, and that is like, this is my and B. And I was just like, this is my book? Like, what does that say? <laughs> uh, but it's This Is My Best, which we were able yeah. to see towards the end. And then it still was like, maybe it's This Is My Best book. But now it's This Is My Best. It's an anthology of writers, short stories that they mm-hmm. thought was their best. So I don't know. Yeah. I thought that was very, very fun and interesting. That I was definitely looking at the book and not yeah. as much at the scene that time. So yeah, there's this, this triangle is running hot. And Johnny says, you know, you, sh- you should back off. I don't like how things are going here. He's really getting very uh, resentful of Eddie and the fact that he's just jumping into this whole thing and is giving up on what they want to do. They were going to go to Los Angeles. They've been making a ton of money. Things have been good. We don't have to clean up our place, Dan. We could keep him messy. No girls allowed, right? <laughs> so that that's getting bad. And then Paula, on the other hand, too, she's really doesn't want this to go down. She forbids Paula from going to see him. She's grounded. She has to stay in her room. And uh, this is where you get some very nice mansion house scenes, too, from the inside. Mm-hmm. But, of course, you're not going to keep her. She slips out when the judge comes in. Um, there's some good judge back and forth as well. Yeah, he kind of sucks. Yeah, judge, <laughs> judge absolutely sucks. And then, so, yeah, she slips out. The judges are William Harrigan, Judge mm-hmm. Burl Lindquist. <laughs> Got to say that name. Uh, so, yeah, she goes out, takes his car. Yeah. And then, like, you know, runs it down before cutting the engine. It is very fun to see that. And, yeah, she, she goes to see Eddie. And they want to figure out and get married. Johnny threatens Paula. Mm-hmm. And Fritzy, this is where she's like, you know, hey, Eddie was going to marry me as well. But he bailed. This guy's no good. Yeah. You shouldn't see him. Uh, we're going to try to get this guy arrested. The judge is going to help me out. Also, uh, Tom Hansen doesn't want anything to do with this either. He, he also, there's a bit of jealousy, but mostly too, like he was there that day of that accident. He right. says that he saw Eddie Bendix, the look in his eye when this went down and his stupid fucking mustache, I'm sure. And was like, this guy, fishy. Yeah, this guy fishy. sucks. Yeah. yeah. You don't have a mustache like that and, and be up to any good. So <laughs> he doesn't like this guy. But then of course there's, there's the love aspect too. So everyone's a little wary of that, but you, you, yeah. you, can, you can trust Burt Lancaster in this movie. And like I said before, I mean, he does care about her. So even on the surface level, even on like a friendship level, like he, he understands that Eddie's probably not a good person anyway, regardless of whatever happens between him and Elizabeth Scott, between Bert, Bert and, and, and Elizabeth. I think ultimately he's just like, you know, in, in a different way than her mom, but still the same end goal. Like the sole end game is they, they do care about her, but her mom wants like some glamorous life and he just wants a simple life. 
for the two of them. And it's ultimately, it's like her decision. Like you said, like she's almost like kind of like going against the grain and being a little bit rebellious of everything around her, you know, everything that's going on around her. It's so bizarre. I mean, like, I guess other than just she sees Burt Lancaster more as a friend, but like, right. He is offering what she wants, essentially. Like, yeah, it's like, come here, stay in town comfortably. Your mom will be happy because you're not working at, you know, the, the saloon. That's fine. But, you know, I think it's more that she just doesn't want to be told what to do. You know, yeah, that, that's fine. It's your life. Of course, do what you got to do. I remember what it was like to be 19. <laughs> oh, oh, boy, Dan. I tell you what. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, talk about uh, sad. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Long time ago. That's really what I'm going for here. It's like coming up about 20 years. It's like, about, almost, like next year will be 20 years since I graduated high school. Oof. Yeah. That nuts? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to do the math in my head. Yeah. yeah right now, got? I'm at like 17 right now. So yeah, enjoy I'm, those years. I'm catching up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, but we do an old film noir podcast. It's okay to reminisce and yeah, it's what we're here for. We're re- reminiscing, exactly. We're trying to add a little youth to the to the days of old. So Paula doesn't like any of this. She tries to call Eddie, but Johnny picks up, doesn't go anywhere. And then you know, even Eddie's like, "Hey, what's going on? Like, does he get drugged at one point?" Or is he just like super drunk and like Johnny's been keeping him drunk? Like, I don't know. He's it's drunk. just very weird. Like he comes out of a stupor all of a sudden. He's like, what's been going on? Like, yeah. Paul, Paul, call. Like he, he's been drinking. I think, I think it's just, I, I don't think it's more than that. I think it's just, he was drinking a lot. He's been getting his drink on and he wants to go see Paula. So he goes and drunk drives his way over there, uh, which of course catches the attention of our Tom Hansen who pulls him over. Mm-hmm. They get into a little altercation. Brings him downtown. Brings him downtown. Exactly. But they find out they're not going to be able to arrest him forever like they'd hoped. They right. hoped this was going to be the step to get him there. Paula finds out about this. And then the two of them, they're like, we're going to actually go ahead and elope. We're going to get married. So peace out, guys. Good luck. But of course, they got to pick up Johnny. Johnny's got to come. There's Tie, not, tie up loose ends. I mean, they're, not, going to Las, they're going to Las Vegas, you know, eventually to just drop him off, you know, because that's what yes. that was the plan all along. The plan all along was like he kept trying to get Johnny kept trying to get him to go back to Las Vegas to get back into the racket there. Um, Even though they were run off and right, were not welcome exactly. to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all three of them and they're all having a nice little <laughs> threesome time. Head to a little diner. We get a nice diner trip. I, mm-hmm. First I in a while. About that. Yes. Oh, speaking of first, Dan, in the mansion at one point, the the help is cleaning up. And I, we saw our first vacuum cleaner in a film noir. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So add that to the letterbox list. We'll, yeah, there you go. We'll let you know if a second comes along. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, we're at the diner. Great time. Johnny and Eddie are having a little tiff. They're not feeling too good about this. And Johnny, he gets a little loose lipped and he decides to tell Paula the whole deal with everything that, you know, he's actually the guy who's been in charge. He's been making the decisions. Um, You know, Eddie, as we've seen, is just like a real tag along. You know, he's got nothing to offer. Maybe he knows how to throw a pair of dice, but that's about it. And that Um, was from early on. I mean, kind of hearkening back to the the whole like story of their lives where Johnny tells the story earlier on in the movie about how they met when he when uh, Eddie was down and out and like he like gave him money took him to get something to eat took him back to his place yeah. stayed, o- stayed over like all this stuff and like just you know talking about all that I mean you kind of get the sense that yeah like he's really looked out for him even though it looked the other way in, in a lot of the rest of the movie uh, but yeah like you said kind of coming back now it's like you know, you're kind of getting the sense that yeah like Johnny's kind of He's Eddie Bendix, as they yeah. say, which was in, very a, way, in a way. Yeah. 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 So she, and also that he was, 
the one uh, Johnny was like, yo, we got to get rid of your wife. So kill her. Maybe, maybe do it. Yeah. So that's how that whole bridge thing went down. Also, real oh. quick, I want to mention right before this, there's that scene. And if, if she didn't think he was a scumbag at this point, uh, the, you get well, at least to a degree. Uh, the part where he's like the, the bus driver is at the at the counter and kind of starts needling him a little bit. And then yeah. he like has like the drink, he, like pours the drink over his shoulder and stuff like that. Not like, just a drink, coffee. And Co- it, yes, coffee. Yes. You right. can see steam coming from that yes. actual drink, too. I wondered yeah. how they pulled it off. They might have burned that man for real. That was crazy. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I'm glad you pointed that out, Tim. Um, yeah. It's very weird. Cause, cause, they, cause she sees it. She scolds him. Yeah. She says, it's like, how could you do, like, how could you do that? Oh, and um, it seems like, too, like they're walking away from it. And he's like, no, no, no. Let right. me just, let me just pour, <laughs> close this up and pour some hot right. coffee on this guy. Exactly. And also, he like showed him a gun, too. So the guy just has to right. like take this. And this guy right. easily could have beat him up, too. But he's just like, okay, yeah, pour some coffee on me. Right. Brutal. But this Brutal. is. This is the the Bendix and Johnny that she hadn't seen before. This is like what she had been kind of warned about a little bit, but she ignored all of those warnings. But this is the first instance where you kind of see like that side of him inside of Johnny. Yeah, because it's a whirlwind romance. I mean, right. they've had maybe two, three like one-on-one scenes in the entire right. movie. I mean, what? How long would you say this movie takes over place? Like the what's the duration? It's fun to say. Yeah, I, I don't even know if it's that long. I, I want to say it's like maybe a couple months if that yeah. over the course um at least a few weeks Tough to um, tell. but yeah i mean it's definitely quick definitely yeah. very quick so good thing she's learning about this now right johnny throws in one more uh, slap to eddie gives him a little glove yeah. slap you get both slaps and twos which is interesting yeah. and so uh they're off paula runs to the car johnny gets shot dead by eddie who now Just is in the pursuit yep and so now you got two cars chasing each other and then they pass by Tom. And this is something I want to point out as well, too. When they cut to Burt Lancaster, they don't show what, but he just smokes something. So you see smoke coming out of him and he looks so fucking high as shit. His eyes are glassy. And I totally believe that our deputy sheriff was just toking up a little bit. And then was like, oh, shit, I got to deal with this. Watch that scene again. They yeah. don't show it to a T. I guarantee it. But. There'll be a picture of GIF or something. We'll figure it out. But yeah. Speaking of twos, it's also the second time he had to do that complete turn around and, yes. and, and, and circle U-turn. That one was a little more intense, too. Yes. I didn't know if he was going to pull it off. But yes, it was a beautiful U-turn. And now Probably we got it. he was high. That's why. Hell yeah. <laughs> Three car pursuit. But now we got Lancaster on the scene. He's going to get this thing done. Damn, this is he, a cool little scene, actually. I, I like the th- the three cars. You don't really see yeah, that. Very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I, and you, I, and I of course, that. like I said, we know the bridge is coming, but it was just right. like, how are we going to get to the bridge? Which was a fun question to ask. And yes, and we get there and um, they show uh, the car crash and the way like it comes off the bridge. Like it's so quick. It's a short fall. But then you think like there's no airbags back then. Like, right. Your face is just getting fucking smashed right into that steering wheel. It's upside down. I mean, it falls yeah, on, yeah. on the top of the car. And I appreciate that it does show it. Like, it's kind of neat. Like, it's oh, I mean, yeah. obviously practical effects, but it shows you the car literally flipping yep. uh, and then catching fire. And Waiting then for got, that explosion. But... Right, exactly. You're waiting for that explosion because Bert, <laughs> Bert Langer's just like, wait here, I'm going down there to get him. And like, Hero. And like, yeah, like, wait a second. Yeah. Um, but then so, they, get the, they get the call in to Mary Astor, which is bizarre that she only stays for like two minutes. Not even. You only need her for that. Yeah. So yeah, Tom pulls Eddie from the car. He's dead though, because how the fuck do you survive that? He's like, call Fritzy in. She comes to the scene. Then you see 
you know, a nice little like, hey, maybe Tom and Paula, we're going to get together. We'll go get that ranch. They don't kiss, though. The final kiss is shared between Mary Astor and Elizabeth Scott, which is yes. very, very fascinating. Yes. Because that because she even mentions like, you know, the only thing I want, she's like, oh, oh, she only calls me, you know, when she asks me mother, when she asks me what I want. Your mother bookends. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Good night, Tom. Good night, baby. Good night, mother. Always calls me mother when she wants something. I do. I want you to kiss me. Very weird, but they walk off into the almost sort of sunset. <laughs> they kind of, in a, in a way, they walk they walk across the bridge, which is the you know the whole symbolic bridge and yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say like I, it, it does drag a little bit in like yeah. the the end of the middle, but it's you know it's still a pretty quick movie, and it, it, the scenery mm-hmm. is so beautiful. Eight point five out of ten, Chuckawallas. It, it, it was great. I love this one. Cool. Yeah, no, I'm glad. Yeah, like I said, it's it's a weird Maybe. one, but it's it's inter- It's just a very interesting movie. It's just it's just like I said, there's just something about it that like you you get lost in this world. Like like I think the color has that to do with it for sure, as we mentioned. But that's just what happens. You kind of get wrapped up into it, even if there's slow parts. You're still you're you're here. You're and you're like, wow, yeah. this looks really cool. Like all of it is just so fascinating. Even if like the plots, whatever, right? You know, like it it somehow comes together. Um, the it's undertones, like- yeah. I wouldn't like quote unquote recommend it. Like I wouldn't go out of my way to be like, watch Desert Fury. But you know, you're a pro like us, you know, you're at episode 71. Watch yeah. Desert Fury. It's a great time. Like no need to turn it off. It, it, it's going to come through for you. And and everyone, the performance wise are, are so fantastic. Yeah. There's no, yeah, it's a great sense. cast. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially Mary Astor though. She was so great. The way she was just like confidently played that part of uh, Fritzy was just yeah delightful. Really good. So, yeah. She's great. Uh, I loved her glasses when she put them on. Those are funny. Yes. <laughs> her reading glasses. Yes. But I have a question for you, Dan. Sure. This is our third, fourth Lewis Allen movie. Yes. We've watched a lot of them. You brought it, brought us a lot of them. I think yes. I only brought Bullet for Joey just because of right. the name. I knew nothing about it. Um, so at this point, would you call yourself a fan? Are you noticing Lewis Allen or is it just kind of be like it happens to be him? I don't feel like he's had a style. Like all these movies are so different from one another. Yeah, it's interesting. Um. No, what's interesting about him is every movie I've seen of him has felt different. So mm-hmm. like you said, so like it's hard to get a real read on him. I, like it's all, it's more just like a, it's just like accidental. I, I think it, yeah. more than anything, it's like you find these movies and they feel so individual. They don't feel like it's from one auteur. You know, you don't feel like, you know, when you watch like a Hitchcock movie, you're like, I know this is Hitchcock, you know, like yeah, he's just very capable and just right. kind of like whatever he's working with is what right. make it work. Yeah. Because the uninvited is very different too, right? That's, right. That's I saw like horror. Yeah, that was the and other like, thing too. It's like I saw yeah. even upcoming films that are coming. It's just right. like that's Lewis Allen. Dan likes Lewis Allen, right? Or <laughs> yeah, it's it's accidental. Like I, I, I never, I was never just like, oh, I'm such a champion for Lewis Allen. It just kind of happens, you know. Yeah. Like I said, like and nothing against him. It's just like I, I wasn't like necessarily like, seeking out him like other directors because there are directors like if I like a couple of movies, I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely like I'm making it a point to watch all their movies. I've just kind of by happenstance just kind of caught on. Uh, and he has a couple other film noirs that we actually haven't done that we'll probably get to at some point. Yeah, I'm sure. But, exactly. Uh, no, I, I don't think we can escape him is the thing. Yeah. But. I think this might be my favorite of his overall. Definitely so far. I think this is uh, my favorite of Elizabeth Scott's that we've uh, we've done so far. Um, maybe of not we necessarily. Of the ones we've covered. This right, is right, right. Yeah, I don't know. This one was really like interesting just because like you, it really did feel like a woman plotted the story. Mm-hmm. It, it felt just so different 
than what we usually get, like the focus. I don't know. Like it was, it was very fascinating. Well, I mean, part of that was probably the, you know, even though it, it was men that, that did this, the screenplay, it was written by a woman originally. So maybe some of that kind of seeped through. What's that, Dan? You ready for some fun facts? Yeah, I was, I was kind of getting there. I was kind of getting there for you. Segway Master is your title. Uh, yeah. This film was based off the novel Desert Town by Ramona Stewart, who we were mm-hmm. just alluding to. There's your segue, mm-hmm. um, which was originally serialized in Collier's Magazine under the title Bitter Harvest in late 1945, before she developed it further into a story that was actually known to be pretty racy at the time. Can you mm-hmm. believe it? Desert Town was actually the working title for the film for a while, until, of course, the Fury had set in. Uh, this was a, ha- a Hal Wallace production, which was another thing to point out when you're in the credits. It doesn't say produced by. All of a sudden, right before the director, in the usual order, it just says you know, Hal Wallace Productions. Uh, that was interesting to see a production card like that. But um, yeah. they, they purchased the film rights, um, continuing Wallace's deal with Paramount Pictures after he hit it big with Warner's Casablanca, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, filming locations included the small town of Cottonwood, Arizona for the main street shots. And actually the townspeople there appeared alongside the actors in many scenes. And then Peru, California was heavily used with uh, Fritzy's saloon and casino shots taken from there alongside the mansion, which is known as the Peru mansion. It was built in 1886 and is still active today. Hopefully it looks the same. It's owned by an investment group and they've rented out for weddings, corporate retreats and overnight vacation rentals. So let us know. Let us know what it's like. Uh, the bridge was also from Peru, California, and shooting was also done in Palmdale, California, in Sedona, Arizona. And for mm-hmm. the California scenes, truckloads of red sandstone from Arizona was transported for additional shooting. I'm real quick. I'm looking at pictures now. It actually looks like it's called Newhall Mansion. Oh, that's what it's also known as. Uh, the Newhalls that were the ones who built it. Okay, that makes sense. And it, it looks like, dude, it looks the same. Like that's amazing. It, yeah, I mean, there's like a lit up shot i can send it to you it and it looks pretty darn cool i don't know if they're still using it but it was in a lot of movies and tv shows too so this isn't the first time you'll see it but yeah no definitely cool little place if i'm ever out there i'll, I'll stop on by i was gonna say uh, maybe i have to have my wedding out there yeah right <laughs> or, or or private event <laughs> dan will hold, hold our uh, corporate retreat out there the out of the podcast corporate retreat and then we'll just charge the fans right that's that's yeah. how you do it make that's sure that's what they pay for it Hell yeah. yeah. It's called team building. That's what that's called. Love <laughs> team it. building event. Yes. Our team needs building. So that's fine. Yes. There's the I, two of us. <laughs> you and I. Desert Fury marked the screen debut of Broadway actor Wendell Corey. Mm-hmm. Our Johnny Ryan, who, who killed it. He was very terrifying in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would continue to work with the producer and stars quite often after this, including I Walk Alone mm-hmm. and Sorry, Wrong Number. Maybe we'll get to those movies. I don't know. Pulls out uh, bigger and The Killer is Loose. Plenty of movies. Yeah, uh, some, some great ones. That, I just want to mention this because those, those are two personal faves of mine. So yeah, maybe we'll definitely have, good good news. We'll check those out. Um, mm-hmm. John Hodiak was on loan from MGM, and he would also reunite with his co-stars later on in 1956's The Rainmaker with Lancaster mm-hmm. and Loving You with Scott and the King Elvis. Yeah, it's tough to tell if this film was a hit at the time, though. I see that the New York Times had ripped into it with its original review. They called it quote. A beaut of a technicolored mistake from beginning to end. But then Paramount re-released the movie in 1959, maybe to recoup some costs uh, now that the stars were bigger, but it was released as part of a double bill alongside the Western California from 1947. I think that I think the fact that it was technicolor was a, a slam against it in, in a sense that like it, it's you still got to think in, in context in 1947, like 
Technicolor wasn't super, or just color in general, wasn't super popular with audiences yet. So like, I think, you know, as much as a lot of the studios were trying to, they thought it would be cool. And it, I think it is. Um, they wanted to kind of inject it in there, but it most movies were not colors. So it's like, and if they were, a lot of times they're like melodramas, like total melodramas are like historical, you know, movies. Like there, there's certain specific ones. I mean, there's a dash color. of melodrama in here. There absolutely. is, there is, absolutely, yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely I could see of being like, oh, if you're actually going to make a Technicolor film, like it should be worth it. And so you're going to be a little more critical at the time, but. Right. I, don't know. I think I think about like Three Musketeers, like the 48 one. It's like, you know, like for something like that, like it, like a swashbuckling adventure movie, like at the time. Yeah. Like I, I kind of see it. It's a year later. Um, but like, yeah, it's an oddity. I mean, I, I think about like I, I'm such a big I have such an interest in early, early color, particularly like we've talked about before with two color Technicolor and just early three color Technicolor. And it's always fascinating when I read or, or see documentaries about it, about how much disdain there was. I mean, how difficult the process was too. I mean, on the studio side, but also just like the amount of backlash of people just not being interested in it or not wanting it. Uh, it's just fascinating to me thinking about, I mean, you think about it now, um, you know, <laughs> with people that would say without it, you know, people say the converse of that uh, in many cases. So it's just, it's interesting, but contextually that that's what you got to think like this movie of why, why it might've not done so, so hot back then. Um, that could be I, a part of it. I think it was the uh, poet, Garth Algar that said, we fear change. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the, the 20th century poet. <laughs> I agree with that. Um, and, and this was actually one of over 700 Paramount productions that were filmed between 1929 and 1949, which were sold to Universal. You may have noticed the Universal logo and watching it. Yeah. Um, but also in, in regards to Kino, kind of a blessing because Paramount has been pulling the license from everybody and so we'll get into it in a second, but movies yeah. like this are thankfully still in print. So you can get a desert fury and check it out. One thing I wish was on the, the special features of this. I, I don't know what happened to, but it said the Academy film archive preserved a screen test of desert fury with Burt Lancaster and Elizabeth Scott back in Ooh. 2012. Where, where's that on the uh, special features? I also saw that they um, Astor Lancaster and um, Scott had reunited and did like a radio production of this years later and that would have been a nice special feature too i don't know interesting yeah no it's pretty bare bones uh, i mean i couldn't um, find anything online but what is that yeah uh, a letter you write i don't know i don't know i mean also yeah i mean i probably got this when this came out this is probably when i watched it was 2019 so i mean it's pretty darn recent that this that this came out like it's not like you know what i mean it's like an older version they could just kind of i mean i'm sure i guess they could re-up it and do something but i don't know maybe they just didn't care or didn't access it or or, or what i don't know yeah, it's a good question, but I don't have the answer. Um, and then as far as the the convertible driven by Paul, it's a 1946 Chrysler New Yorker town and country. Mm -hmm. They weighed over two tons. Uh, it was 218 inches long, 15 inches longer than the largest, uh, longest sedans that are produced today. And they were coach built inside and out. Thus, it was very slow to produce them and they were very expensive to buy. So maybe a lot of the budget of this movie was right towards the, the vehicle. Who knows? Yeah. That's all I got, Dan. You got anything you'd like to add before we we move on? No, I'm, I'm yeah. I think like some of the other ones, uh, I'm I'm glad we we got to cover this one. This is one that I've had on my mind for a while. Um, so I'm glad we had the vehicle now that we're specifically diving into the the color film noir. But uh, yeah, no, I, I had a good time watching it again. I mean, it's, it's been a little while. I'm, I'm I'm I enjoyed revisiting it. The lads give this one a recommendation. Yeah, we're definitely. in we're in tandem. We're two for two for Tech Noir Color May. Can we do it again? 
I hope. Let's find out next week. <laughs> Do you say nope or I hope? I said I hope. Okay, it's like nope. I'm like you recommend. Hey, hey man, I picked these. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, 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 hope, I'm hoping. <laughs> Let's get through this and then I'll give you the bad news. But hey, here's Uh-oh. what's coming next week. 1956, Dan. It's a woman's devotion. Oh, I can't wait. We got our old buddy Meeker coming back, which I'm excited about. I got my copy in the nick of time. Kino just pulled this a week ago. Yes, I did hear about As that. As I yeah. was just talking about, Paramount has been pulling all their licenses from everybody. Yes. And this this one is gone. So unfortunately, I, I don't know if you guys are going to be able to play along with us as easy as you could in the past. But this is a shame because this one is a wild one. And we'll get and into it. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to say too much. I have a lot to say about this movie. Put it in your pocket for one week's time, Dan, and I will be happy to unearth the the, the gold that you have stored within. It's in, it's in there. It's in my pocket. But yeah, I don't know. If you need help, get in touch. We'll figure it out. We'll yeah. see if we could find you a copy. But um, yeah. I'm sure they're, they're out there. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, eBay, right? That's a thing. Yeah. The internet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, internet, eh? Uh, well, that's going to do it for us, I believe. But thank you so much for joining us. The real out of the podcast at gmail.com. If you love email, if you're more of a, you know, Instagram person out of the podcast, can, we can be found there. You, you like to tweet, Dan? Out of the cast, head on over there. You know who loves us on Twitter? Uh, the UK yeah. film noir fans. We do pretty good with them. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. We're, we're, we're building up very beautifully over there. So we just want to shout out to them. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, got, we got a brief time. Here's a recommendation that came in from there uh, as far as Technicolor Noir. I wonder if you heard of this one. One moment, Dan. Do, do, do. Uh, is Violent Saturday with Victor Mature. Yes, I have heard about that one. Yes, I haven't seen it, but that one looks really cool. Yeah, so that that might be one we we may get to next year, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we've done any Victor Mature, which is interesting. All right, well, yeah, we can might, might a, need to. Get a little mature in the fall. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, rate, review, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, others. And uh, we'll see you next week. Take you some, some time to yourself. Enjoy. Maybe sip on some tea. Stretch. Make sure you stretch, right, Dan? Very important to stretch. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> yes. Especially you know, my back. My back. I always need to stretch my back. As you're coming up on that 20-year high school reunion, just get those stretches in and um, stretch that finger and press play on another episode from us. Go to the archives or we'll see you next week, huh? Yep. In the meantime, Dan, here's the crime in color. Here's the crime in color. Ridding.